Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 45 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off this week and finish off the SWAT team is Heather Baxendale from Word of Hellmouth. Welcome back, Heather. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I'm pretty sure these guys are doomed. Uh, yeah, I think so too. The, but but you knew that we knew that beforehand. You know, <laughs> just just watching them. You know the way that they walk and talk and what they what they do. You, you know that they don't really have much of a chance here. But yep, they're red shirts. They're red shirts and black shirts. Yes, they are. That is right. <laughs> Minute forty-five begins with the SWAT leader getting even more agitated and ends with the stuntman SWAT guy falling back in death. <laughs> so yesterday <laughs> yesterday we basically ended things with you know the you have the the five SWAT guys and uh Barnes walking on the sidewalk and you know O'Reilly played by Robert Patrick turns that off and they they all do a little uh Abbott and Costello routine by falling forward a little bit uh you know for comic relief and then you know getting back up and then the the SWAT leader started screaming, and he goes, "Hey, put that back on!" And he gets uh, no response whatsoever. You know, now first of all, the fact that he's yelling at O'Reilly, like, what's the point? You know, it's not like they're stranded; they can keep walking. <laughs> yeah, and they were running up it anyway. And let's be honest; it would be easier to run up if it's not moving. Correct. So I- Maybe he's not all that smart. He must, might be really good with shooting things. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. We never really get to find out. Nope. We shall never find out. <laughs> and then he screams, hey, <laughs> what do I look like to you? Which again, you know, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, at this point we see uh, Mulkey, you know, uh, he's starting to get in position. He starts uncovering. He's got like a toolbox. and. You know, then then we, we get a great shot of from the camera as you know the the SWAT leader starts getting closer to O'Reilly because the you know they they let the 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 shot it looks like it's gliding basically the way that it you know it moves forward mm-hmm. uh, it's probably on some sort of uh, track you know moving forward towards uh, towards uh, O'Reilly and then he goes he says. What do I look like to you? And then O'Reilly's response is great. I mean, first of all, Robert Patrick, as we know from Terminator 2, is great at just turning around really quickly, but not really changing his facial expression that much. And he just turns around and says, a sitting duck. And then very quickly, he, he has, you know, he has his gun in his hand and shoots and hits this guy right in the middle of the forehead. I mean, it's like when, if you, if you watch it uh, in slow motion, it's right in the center of his forehead and you see that squib just, just explode right there as his head, you know, goes back, you know, it's, it's done really, it's really well. Shot. Yes. It's definitely a perfect it shot. Is. And, and there's no reaction from any of the other guys in, as he's getting shot. It takes them a fraction of a second to, to start, you know, uh, 
getting getting involved in what's going on and stuff like that. Which essentially saves O'Reilly too, because that element of surprise is what gives him a moment to collect himself and not just become cannon fodder himself. That's correct. Nobody nobody expected this. You know, that's the thing. So, so uh, before we move forward, so you know, I found a uh, I, I decided to look up what is a sitting duck. You know, like what what is it what does it mean? Where did it come from, and stuff like that. All right, so a sitting duck is what? Well, what do you think it is? I I can't imagine. It's an it's an idiom that we never really think about. I'm gonna go with maybe it's a duck who's laying eggs, so it can't leave the eggs or something of that nature. Right. Okay. So basically, this is something that came from World War Two. And the it, a sitting duck is someone or something who is an easy target, someone or something who is defenseless or vulnerable. The idiom was first used by the British and, and the American troops during World War II to refer to military targets that were hard to defend, such as foot soldiers without places to retreat from uh, enemy fire. The term sitting duck was borrowed from the sport of hunting as a duck that is sitting in a marsh or on the water is easier to hit than a duck that is in flight. Today, the term sitting duck may refer to someone who is literally a target for a bullet, but is most often used in a figurative sense. So its origin is pretty yes. literal. Yeah, basically the, you know, the origin, uh, my assumption is actually they, they probably, you know, they probably hunted in England too. So I was about to say that it was probably like from American hunters, but, but you know, they, they probably did their fair share of hunting in, in England also, uh, I guess, usually of birds not necessarily ducks when you have you know when you when you send out the hounds or whatever it is you know you see all the 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 aristocracy pheasant hunting is a big thing too pheasant turkey Foxes, i right? mean there's there's all sorts of game yeah it's 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 a thing for yeah. sure that's true we never did ducks in my family we did pheasant and we did turkey hunting <laughs> but that okay. was it that's fair and the elusive turkey, unless it's on your front yard when you live in the suburbs. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Um, it's true. I see them in the wild so rarely, but when I'm up north and in the woods, but down here, yeah, I had one last week or the week before just walking across my front yard. And you didn't like grab him and put him <laughs> in the freezer so that you have something to eat on uh, Thanksgiving in a few months from now? I am so much in my freezer and my husband randomly brings home hams or turkeys anyway actually i have two extra freezers so no plus they're quite vicious and i'm pretty sure my neighbors wouldn't take kindly to me going out there and shooting down a gobble turkey. gobble <laughs> <laughs> should wrestle yeah, it that's next true time. next time for you rob i'll wrestle there the turkey and so uh the as soon as the SWAT leader starts falls falls down, the other four, you know, it takes them a second, but they they quickly get into position and you know they start firing. And one of them starts shooting at O'Reilly, and O'Reilly is able to duck behind a uh, toolbox that he has there, which completely explodes. I mean, you see like a light bulb that that flies up and a a screwdriver, and uh, there's like a little wrench there that 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 also uh, flies up. And we see all the bullet holes also in this uh, toolbox, which which is great. 
Yeah, these guys are basically stormtroopers. They they can't That's take right. them. Well, come on, <laughs> they're they're not meant to, because they're not the heroes of the movie. No, they're not. That's they right. are not. But it is a good indicator. All of those explosions are a good indicator that they did miss yes. O'Reilly. That's true. And so basically, the shot then changes, but we still hear the sound of gunfire. Okay, um, one of the guys actually screams, "Take him!" And then another one screams, "Shit!" <laughs> and then we get a shot of of John, and we we he goes, "Damn it! I hate it when I'm right." <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And as as he's you know uh, crawling through the the vent, he once again pulls his gun out of the holster, you know, like he did just two years ago in Nakatomi, and he has the the gun in front of him, you know, getting ready to to take action when when he needs to. You know, he's he's he he's pretty good at at this. He he knows you know how to shoot from a vent. <laughs> yes. Yes, at this point, he is the only expert ever in this particular yes. scenario. That's true. <laughs> and then after this, he's going to be an even bigger yes. expert in this particular <laughs> scenario. Right. It's a useful tool to have. Fighting in random places on Christmas time from an air dive. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. John McClain. He's probably in the Guinness Book of World Records, you know, the the only guy who twice was in a situation like this. <laughs> and then the shot goes back and we see Sheldon, uh, you know, shooting from the scaffold uh, at them. And then uh, the, the SWAT guys return fire. And you can see in the background when the SWAT guys are shooting, we can see, uh, you know, Mulkey in the background. He's, he's a little uh, uh, blurred, but he's he's still in the background. And then uh, yep. O'Reilly does a quick, uh, uh, what is it, duck and cover? You know, roll duck and cover or something like that. He, stop, that's stop, right, stop dropping rolls. There, there you go. He, he jumps to the ground and, and rolls <laughs> over. And then he gets up really quickly as he's rolling over. He, you know, he, he must have to practice that a lot. You know, he rolls over and quickly stands up and he's got, you know, a pistol in one hand and his MP5 in the other hand and just starts shooting. You know, and. Perhaps this is not his only scaffolding, painting, airport gunfight as well. And he ends up taking out one of the SWAT guys who we see falls over the the banister towards the other side. John gets uh, starts getting closer. We hear all the screaming and whatever. And one of the guys says, look out, get down. You know, we're back at John going. He, he's upped his pace, you know, uh, going as fast as possible in yes. order to try to, to, to get there. He, he's still a, probably a good distance away, but but he's trying to 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 cover that distance as quickly as possible. And then the, the shot goes back. I mean, great editing with the way that they do this, to have them go through. So the, the shot goes back to the SWAT guys. And now we saw a second SWAT guy get shot and fall over the, the side, right? Just a few seconds ago. But now yeah. we're back yeah. here at the gunfight and there are four SWAT guys that are there. Sure One of them, are. we just see his leg as he's, it looks like he's jumping over, but maybe that's the guy who got shot, but he's on the wrong side. Cause here he's going off to the left, but before when he got shot, he was going off to the right. And then Barnes tries to protect himself and he jumps over the side and, and, and 
Which, well done. Yeah, and he, he gets a nice roll there also. You know, so Looks like it's not his first time either. Uh, apparently not, even though he said it wasn't in his job description. Maybe it just wasn't in his job description, no. but he still does it. You know. He does. Maybe he had a lot of practice back in the day on the playground. It could be. It could be. Muscle. <laughs> yeah, muscle memory right there. That's right. <laughs> apparently. And then we get a shot of, of Shockley. You know, uh, remember we talked about him yesterday? Mark Boone Jr.? Who is shooting yep. shooting at them? And then uh, you have all this flying glass, another diehard trope. You know, a lot of flying glass. Barnes Barnes is being showered with and with he's glass. getting boo boos from it. And and he covers his ears. You know, probably not from the glass, but more from the the loud uh, you know pinging sounds of of uh, pew all pews. of these. That's right, the pew pews. And. You know, we can see that his arm is a little bloody. So at some point he got cut by something. Who knows what? It's possibly the glass. His his coat's pretty thick, though. So maybe he 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 just cut himself on one of those dangerous edges of something over there. Yeah, I don't know. It's a dangerous place. It could be many things. Correct. Uh, especially when there's a lot of shooting. Bingo. You know, just just because there's a lot of uh, Shotley was shooting at them, and then Barnes looks at his his cut cut wrist or cut arm and is trying to figure out what he's going to do. He holds onto it. One of the SWAT guys starts shooting from behind these uh, cardboard boxes, which are a great. It's a great place to hide when someone's shooting at you because those cardboard boxes <laughs> are gonna are gonna absorb all of those bullets really really well. Um, Red shirts. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> then we get another shot of Shel uh, Sheldon up in the scaffold. He's shooting at them, and he ends up shooting through the cardboard box <laughs> and hits the guy who is hiding in the cardboard box. And he flies backwards, you know, uh, in typical stuntman uh, fashion, the way that he, yeah, he staggers great. backwards. You know, I mean, yes, there there definitely is momentum hitting him, you know, with with the bullets, but it's a little exaggerated by the way that they do it here. And Sheldon keeps keeps shooting as the guy is falling. He he breaks through a um you know a ladder and a whole bunch of other things. I guess it gives an, a new meaning to the fact that it's uh you know bad luck to to walk under a ladder. <laughs> you know, he's yeah, thrown so. under that ladder. <laughs> and then and then Shockley gets up and starts and starts shooting again. And one of the other SWAT guys then shoots Shockley. Um, this yeah, is also a good death. It's a great death because you know you see his entire torso explode with all these squibs, you know, and a lot of blood, you know, gushing out as he is thrown backwards to a bank of payphones, which obviously yeah, and he goes have no use now. Too. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's, he's at least a, a foot off the ground, which, I mean, again, it, it might be unrealistic, but who cares? It looks great. Yes. So here we have Shockley. He's the second death of these bad guys after John killed Cochran. But this is actually the first time that someone else kills somebody. You know, you know, nameless red shirt uh, SWAT guy gets uh, gets credit for, for killing Shockley. Shockingly, yeah. right? Shockingly, he kills Shockley. Uh, <laughs> The tongue and, twister. Yes, and then he 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 bangs up against the wall. You see the pain on his face, and then he knocks over a light pole that's right next to him. Also, 
as he falls to the ground. And then the SWAT guy, you know, is feels a little too overconfident and keeps shooting. And then we, we get one of the other bad guys to, you know, Marky, Mar- uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Boone. No, Jr. no, Mulkey. No, no, Mark Boone Jr.'s dead. Mulkey. Mulkey. Mulkey yeah, then. He, he went kaboom into the. Yeah. That's right. Mulkey then pops up behind from behind what looks like, you know, uh, sleeves that you would have in the back of a uh, washing machine or or a, uh, you know, a conduit uh, sleeves, I guess you can say, which is probably also something that that will absorb fake movie bullets. So it's a good place to hide. <laughs> As George R. R. Martin would say, all the people that have died here died because they did something stupid. Yes, <laughs> that is true. And so, mm. so at this point, we we get uh, Mulkey then shoots the guy who just killed Shockley, and he also flies backwards. It, it looks like he's even tap dancing the way that he moves backwards. Uh, yeah. So maybe he has a background in in dancing and and wanted to use this on his audition tape for future <laughs> for future gigs. You know, hey, I can even dance backwards as I'm getting shot. It's a talent and certainly a unique one. Yes. Yes, and he falls back, drops his gun, and there's tons of sparks, which I don't know why there are sparks there, because I don't think that, that in real life there would be sparks from from hitting, you know, the side of this uh, slideway, but it's still fun to look at. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's serving its purpose. Yes, that's right. You know, that's another thing with all these SWAT guys. They don't have any any armor on. They have no protection at all. Maybe they, maybe they do have vests on underneath their their stuff. No, I think they have vests on. I think they do have vests. Yeah, but that doesn't help them because they they all no. still get, get get shot in the in the chest. So well, except for the first guy who who gets it in the head. Yeah, well, that's because he was a sitting duck. Yes, that he was. Be a duck. Don't be a duck. That's right. Try not to do duck things. <laughs> You'll live longer. Yeah. Particularly in Die Hard movies. That's true. And then I love the fact Important that we one. we we see Barnes who's just screaming. You know, there, there's like no yes. no real explanation as to why how it will help him to scream, besides alerting the bad guys to his position. That's the only thing that I can really understand from from what he's doing. I mean, he's he's a civilian and he's just panicking and freaking out. And I mean, I guess yeah. I like him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. So so. Yeah, he's got he's gotten a boo boo. This is his first firefight, so for him to be slightly wacko and irrational makes more sense than some of these these other That's guys true. who should be professionals. That is definitely true. And then and then instead are hiding behind cardboard. That's right. <laughs> and then Mulkey keeps shooting again and ends up hitting another SWAT guy, who we see the bullet holes go through him. So because we see we see from from behind, you know that they they have squibs on his back. Even though he was shot in the front. Yep. So that 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 works too. <laughs> and then he staggers backwards, and that's pretty much how this minute ends. We we know that there's 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 supposed to be uh, less SWAT guys, but there are still two SWAT guys that are standing there shooting. So I I don't know. There's there's some continuity errors here with this one because. I think so. I think that's bad math. I think there should only be one left. That's right. There should only be one left. But there are two. There, there's the guy who's staggering backwards. And then you can see in second 59, you see two of them that are there. Uh, 
on the right hand side of the screen. So I don't know. Yep. Made yeah. And and as he staggers backwards, that's when this minute ends. Indeedy. Yeah. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Because I mean, it it's we were very descriptive of everything that happens here. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 a quick action sequence that goes by really really fast, and it's a fun one. It's fun to go through in slow mo and see all the little details. That's of right. It. That is very true. All right, so the, the script is, is pretty much the same, but I'm still going to read through because it's nice and descriptive. Um, so, you know, the the SWAT guy screams, hey, put that back on. No reaction. The cop begins to run forward. Okay, in the movie, he doesn't run. He's just walking fast. And then he goes, hey, asshole, yeah. what do I look like to you? The man turns. It's O'Reilly, one of the ones who killed the real painters. He has a gun, a sitting duck. He shoots him. The other three workers turn, and now we see that they are Sheldon, Shockley, and Mulkey, Stuart soldiers all. Barnes and the other cops uh, duck down as bullets rake the slide walk and ping off of its walls. They jump over the railing and take cover. Another cop is killed on the move. Barnes is cut badly on the arm by flying glass. He cringes behind a dumpster while the three remaining cops exchange fire with the four soldiers. Bullets hit near his metal case. He takes a deep breath and rescues it. McLean in the tunnels, he tosses off his sweater into the darkness. Underneath his shirt is already sweat-stained, and then he hears the gunfire. It's close. He gets his bearings and lunges through a wall of steam. A third airport cop dies. His partner kills the gunman, Shockley, who took out his friend, and then he's killed himself. And that, that's pretty much how it ends. You know, next next week we will continue with what happens in this firefight. Again, you know, they, they, they don't really add anything here with the with what they have in the script. I, I like the way that it, it, it appears in the movie itself that they they expanded on the firefight and that you know in the script they didn't need to basically uh give it be descriptive about it. They just said, Okay, it's a firefight. So let's see what you do with it, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's a diehard script as well so you know that they're going to be able to fill in fill in the blanks there too and and perhaps play with play with the background and, and change a few things but I like how this one looked I like how it played out I like that it started off with villain taunting before there was any murdering and then it just went crazy and there was a nice build up to it too over the week so it was it was a good it was a good sequence and I won't be here to finish it out with you but it was definitely what happens after as yeah. well, too. So you'll have fun oh, talking about Oh, for sure. I'm going to have fun talking about that all next week. I, I have a great guest to, to talk about that with. You know, Jim, Jim O'Kane will be here next week, and, and he always has what to say about these things. You know, so he's he's the godfather of the Movies by Minute community. So he's he's a great person to have as a guest. Which will be fun. Not that you're not not awesome. that you're not a great guest too, Heather. Don't don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> Don't worry. There's room for all of us. That is right. There, I, I agree with you on that. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So um, every Friday, I have a new segment called Where Are They Up To This Weekend? Which I'm sure, uh, Heather, you, you've been wondering, you know, since you got my email months ago, what the hell this is talking about and what we're going to do. Actually, I right. have. <laughs> which Which I'm. Mysteries I'm glad are fun. about <laughs> it. It makes sense. Um, 
have have you had a chance to figure it out this week or not after ooh, I have not. okay so you see weren't even paying attention to things that i asked you to 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 do so basically the idea behind this is is that okay we've gone through 45 minutes of die hard 2 so now the question is you know where are other uh movies where are they standing at this point like what is going on at the 45 minute mark on other movies so uh since heather since Heather doesn't have her own Movies by Minute podcast, I decided to ask her for her favorite movies. And now we're going to test. Now we're going to test Heather's. That's why you were. Asking. That's right. Now we're going to test Heather's memory to see how well she knows the movies that she claims are her favorite movies. Okay. So um, the first one that we're going to talk about is the movie Seven from 1995. So what is going on at the 45-minute uh, mark? Okay, at the 45-minute mark, I have to talk myself through this. You you are okay. allowed. Uh, the 45-minute mark in seven. At this point, the two have been working together a little bit. I'm going to say it's got to be past gluttony or somewhere near near that scene. I think it's after it. I think it's after it. Um... It has to be somewhere in between them discovering the first body and then realizing that this is just beginning. So I'm going to say it's the moment where Morgan Freeman goes to the library and starts doing research. No, it's where they find the fingerprints on the wall in the apartment. Oh, oh, that's a good scene, yes. too. Well, every scene in that movie is good. It's so yes, perfect. It really is. Okay. Next up is uh, T2, which we talked a little bit about earlier that this, this uh, earlier today, or was it yesterday? No, yesterday we talked more about it with about Robert Patrick. So yes. Terminator 2, what is going on at the 45 minute mark on Terminator 2? And again, this is I looked at the director's director's cut edition, you know, the extended cut. Okay, the director's cut edition. Okay, because there's actually here. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hint. There's actually something that happens here that is only in the extended cut. Oh, is it then? Is it the flashback that Sarah had no. with Michael Bean, or where she no, imagines no. him? Walk no. yourself through okay. this one, Heather. Don't guess. Walk yourself through it. Okay, so we go to the beginning. They go there. They get this stuff. Um. John's in the arcade. I feel like it's somewhere, somewhere near around this point that they've already done or they're about to embark on the the chase sequence on the two bikes where he finally meets Arnie. I don't know. I don't know. So it's the point where the the T eight hundred, you know, Arnie is explaining to John about the T one thousand and that he's able to mimic things. And this is after he tells John that, uh, you know, your step parent, you know, your foster parents are dead. Okay, I was going to go to to that at least somewhere in that area was where I was going to get. Okay. With the the jock dudes. That's right. The jock douchebags. No, it's it's after the jock douchebags with that, and uh, and then it's the the thing that happens exactly at the forty five minute mark is we see the T one thousand leave John's house and the dog starts barking. And he walks over to the dog, and then we hear the sound of the dog dying. And that is in the extended oh, cut. Oh, yeah. 
That's in the director's console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your foster parents are dead. Mm-hmm. That's right. But it's a T-1000. What do you expect? You know, he's got no emotion. <laughs> no, he's just, he's a killer. That's his thing. That's right. All right. Next up is Aliens. What is happening at the 45-minute mark on Aliens? Okay. This one, is, is this one the director's cut or not? Yes, it is. This is the director's cut. Okay. Um, so we've gone through Ripley getting reacquainted with the new timeline. She discovers her daughter is dead, which they go into more detail with. They also have the scenes in the beginning uh, with Wayland, with Newt and her family. So we knew that they get murked pretty early on. Um, so it's got to be on the Sulaco. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's after all the Marines have come out. I don't know if they've made it to LV-426 yet. But it's close in that timeline because I think I think the director's cut runs at about 2.47. Actually, we were talking about uh, background stuff, too. And that one in the director's cut, if you do the countdown, you have 15 minutes to reach minimum safe distance. Um, I'm going to say that this is probably close to when they do the drop to LV-426. It is not close to Somewhere. that. It is that. It is the drop. Very good, Heather. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed. Yeah. All right. Now, you... you. Okay. And fair news, too. I've seen that movie an unhealthy amount of times. Actually, it's not okay. unhealthy. It's... I was just thinking I haven't watched it in, like, six months. I should there you watch go. it. So, after you finish uh, Point of No Return, go ahead and uh, and, and watch that, you know. I, I probably should rewatch <laughs> Aliens also. Now, now that I went through it, you know, looking for this information for you. Now, I, I decided to actually... Um, when when we talked about your favorite movies, so when you told me your number one favorite movie, I was like, okay, I I'm not going to do that. But I decided to actually, you know, take the challenge. And so now we're going to go through the three films of Lord of the Rings, uh, the extended the uh, extended editions, because uh, those are those okay, are the only ones. Because I've, I I don't those are the only ones that exist. Yeah, I haven't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you honestly what the timelines of the regular editions are. I haven't seen them since they That's were. That's the, the only theater. time I saw the regular editions. Also, for me, the extended editions are the 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 correct versions of it. So, all right. That's why you're That's my right. people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellowship. What is happening in? I know fellowship is your favorite. Um, I, I would have kept it for the end, but you know, we're going in. We should go in order. It would, you know, what is going on in okay. in the fellowship of the rings? Yes. Yeah. At the 45 minute mark on the extended edition okay the the intro alone is about 15 20 minutes i think it runs like 17 or 18 minutes um so we've got we've got that then we go to the shire for bilbo's birthday and gandalf um i'm i'm trying to decide if they've they i think this is around the time that they may have just left the shire a lot happens in that interim. There's just a lot of, a lot of talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say this is this is somewhere around um, maybe where the the ring rates first first come into contact with them. They've they've gotten Merry and Pippin and they've fallen off the path and they're hiding underneath the tree branch. I might be a little too far ahead or a little. You're too far ahead. Behind, but I don't You're think far they're ahead. They're not there yet. yet. They're not there yet. No. Nope. They're not there yet. Then I would. 
Then they then my next guess would be that they are just getting ready to leave and Sam is dropping eaves on Gandalf. Nope, it's it's after that. It's it's the the exact point at the forty five minute mark is when Sam says, If I go any further, this will be the farthest I've ever been away from the Shire. Oh and then okay. and then That's he starts cook, and then he no, starts cooking moment. cooking their uh dinner, breakfast, second breakfast, second lunch, I don't know. One of the things. Eleven Z's. He's he's cooking something, <laughs> you know, for them. Okay, that's fellowship. Now we will go to the two towers. What is happening at the forty-five minute mark on in the two towers on the extended edition? Okay, so that one starts off with Frodo and Sam, and they're crossing the rocks, and they're they're running into Gollum for the first time. Um, and that's in the beginning. And then the next thing I think we do is we follow Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas while they're the hunting orcs. And then somewhere in that timeline is Merry and Pippin trying not to get eaten. They don't need their legs. Um, I think it's probably somewhere in that bubble. Um, I want to say it's where Aragorn kicks the helmet and breaks his toe in real life but that might be no, a little <laughs> or a little more. not there okay so before that maybe is it before or after? it is before that okay then it's when they meet they meet the Rohirrim and they circle them and send them on their way and say this land no, is forsaken no. it is so sorry you got that okay. um you got that one wrong. So in the two towers, it's where Frodo and Sam are arguing about whether they should be giving food to Gollum. And then Gollum starts okay. moving towards uh, towards Frodo, in, you know, and starts talking about the, the power of Precious. The Precious. I swear on That's the right. Precious. And I always swear on the Precious. It's a good thing. Good thing to swear on. And for your final foray in, in, in this segment, uh, The Return of the King. What is going on in the four-and-a-half-hour extended version of, of The Return of the King at the 45-minute mark? I'm probably going to go way too far into this one. I think... Uh, I think it's going to be around the timeline where... Where Mary and Pippin are separated, where he grabs the Palantir, and that that all goes down somewhere-ish in there. Because at the beginning, we have the death of Saruman, which we actually get to see. We have, again, we have Frodo and Sam. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm probably way off on this one. All right, well, I mean, you were right about the fact that it's right after Pippin and Marin, uh, Pippin and Marin, Pippin and Mary are separated, because... The 45-minute mark is where Gandalf and Pippin actually uh, go to meet Denethor for the first time. Okay, so it's Shadowfax, show me the meaning right. of haste-ish. <laughs> if we don't have a Nazgul on our butts. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I was a little closer. All right, but you, you, you did, you did, you did really well thought. with the, those, Heather. I, I, you know, again, part of, the, part of the idea of this Thank thing you. is the journey. You know, so it's, it's fun. It's giving you a chance to end me. And everyone listening, a chance to reminisce about these great movies, you know. So why not? You know. So you you did very well, considering you had absolutely 
um, you know, no, uh, no, no advanced warning. <laughs> no, you asked me what my favorite movies were, and I did think about it, and I realized, uh, he's probably going to bring this up at some point. And then I went, eh, we'll see, whatever. It's not like I could research. Well, what did you think for that? What did you think I was? Well I, I wanted the, Why did you think I wanted them? After it was out of my mind, it was out of sight. So I didn't, I didn't come back to it. Um, I think when we brought up Terminator 2 in the last episode, it came back to me and I thought, oh yeah, weren't we just talking about my favorite? Why were we talking about my favorite movies? But then we were so busy talking about Die Hard. Okay, that no, forgot, that, that's so. fair. Well done, you master <laughs> of distraction. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do that. All right. Excellent. All right. So Heather, for the final time this week and this season, would you like to tell people uh, where they can find uh, Heather Baxendale? Yes. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm doing a podcast right now with Mark Armstead. We are hosting it on rabbitholepodcast.com. You can find it on any of your streaming services. It is called Word of Hellmouth. We put out two episodes a month and it's just a rewatch show. We're on the second season right now and it is so much fun going back to our our Buffy experiences and seeing it with fresh eyes. Neither of us have watched oh, wow. the series in at least 10 years. So seeing it with adult eyes as opposed to experiencing it as, yeah, as adolescents. It's really, it's 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 eye-opening in a lot of ways and really great All too. Right, cool. It's wonderful. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, movierobminute.com. So Heather, this has been a blast for me. I've had so much fun this week. I hope you did too. And more importantly, I hope all of our listeners also enjoy themselves. You know, listening to the two of us, uh, you know, babble on about all these different things that that are both diehard and non-diehard over this week. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on. It's always a great time. Yes, it, it was a lot of fun. I will be back on Monday with a new guest. I, I already hinted who it is. But we'll see if anyone remembers what I said, uh, you know, 20 minutes ago before we started talking about all these other great movies. So who knows? But I'll be back on Monday. But until then, have a great weekend, everybody. And yippee-ki-yay! Yippee-ki-yay! <laughs> if you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it's...